Alrighty then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rick the Wrestling Dad and his boys, Late Night TV. We are uh, going to be talking some wrestling here for you folks tonight. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, first, we're going to talk about the birth of Rick the Wrestling Dad, how he came to be. Um, some people know him as my evil twin brother, um, and he is definitely evil. So... About three years ago, I started a youth wrestling program, and I was traveling to a lot of youth wrestling tournaments, and I met a lot of gentlemen that seemed to be, well, they could be stunt doubles for Rick the Wrestling Dad. We'll just put it that way. Um, so that's the, the short of it. We're going to get more into it here in a second, but first I must introduce my co-hosts. Sitting next to me, wearing the headgear of shame, is the man, the myth, and the legend himself, Coach Marty McCurdy. How did he end up getting that headgear of shame? Well, you see, he got the headgear of shame because we were trying to do a mic check right before we started the show, and he talked during the mic check. Big no-no here on this show. Wow. Uh, Disrespectful, silent. actually. Apparently, sound is the new silence, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, sitting next to... The headgear of shame is none other than Jeff the Body Rutledge himself. Thank you. Thank you. Three-time Division II All-American for the University of Nebraska. We never went to his party. accolades. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> he yeah, that's... doesn't have any. <laughs> be a big part of the issue, I suppose. <laughs> uh, sitting next to Mr. Jeff the Body Rutledge is none other than the Desperado. Smoogie D. Drew Etherton. Sorry, just got the. Uh, what are you like? You are you at a wedding oh, or something? Or flinging? <laughs> Sorry, just. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we got a fun show for you planned this evening. Um, first thing on the agenda, we're going to talk a little. Uh, we're going to talk a little youth wrestling culture. Um. So basically, about three years ago, Rick the Wrestling Dad was formed because we were traveling around to youth wrestling tournaments. And witnessing the atrocity that it is. Um, I, to be quite frank, was appalled at the behavior that I saw from youth wrestling parents. Um, and so, I, let's get into this right now. Um, first thing I want to say with respect to this issue. I am under the impression... As I watch youth wrestling, we'll say primarily dads, although it can also be youth wrestling mothers as well, um, in their son's corners, I, I don't understand why it seems like they are operating from a position where they act like their wrestler oftentimes doesn't want to win. Okay, now this is something I've never understood. If they... I'm Now... I'm not saying that a wrestler always gives their best effort all the time. However, I am saying that a wrestler, by and large, would like to win rather than lose. Be more. Give me a. Give me an example of uh, what you're talking about. So, okay. Uh, one one video that I think everybody here has seen is the video in which. The parents end up fighting each other, right? Oh. And that the knockdown drag Quality out. Quality entertainment. That was more. That was more of the case where parents are almost so into it because I feel like the sport of wrestling is so personal, and I think the 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 aspect of how personal it is 
to be on the wrestling mat and how you know that that's what makes our sport so great is that um it it is very uh character building through that process because you win and you have to lose and you have to deal with it and i think a lot of the times the parents uh are feeling that um how that that basically feeling like they're themselves are on the mat themselves and um that's an example i think that um of just why wrestling might be different than say basketball or baseball but although those things do happen those but let's be too. honest if your kid loses at wrestling you're a terrible parent <laughs> <laughs> then you haven't done your job yeah you didn't raise but, them right speaking yeah, of not exactly. raising kids right the father right here <clears throat> i think it's i think that there's a the tendency to over to see your particular sport, to see your particular activity, whatever it is, as being more extreme than in other cases. I'm not so sure that the culture of youth wrestling is all that much different from the culture of, of youth sports in general. And I think that uh, a lot of parents are living their, living their lives uh, through their children's Accomplishments, and that's not just in sports. It might be in music. It might be in something else. I, I think that there, I think that you got to be you got to question what's what's a problem with the culture at large, and what's specifically a problem with uh, youth wrestling culture. I'm not sure every. I'm not sure all those things are uh, specific just to wrestling. Well, that you bring up a fascinating point because my next question on the agenda is. Is this as big of a problem in other youth sports as it is in youth wrestling? Now, okay, here, here's to, to give a little anecdotal evidence of what we witness on a regular basis at youth wrestling tournaments. I'm at a youth wrestling tournament in Kansas City uh, a couple years back, probably about three years ago. And kid loses, tight match. Um, his dad takes him out into the hallway. He at least had the decency to do that. And I am out in the hallway after the match. You know, this is just fresh off the loss. And this dad is chewing his son out. And what he's saying to him is, he's saying, if you don't care, then I'm going to stop investing so much money and time into this freaking sport. Basically, I'm actually paraphrasing and using a little bit less colorful language than he was, but do share. He was yeah. essentially he was essentially threatening his son in saying like he gave the classic. And this is one thing I will say word for word. He gave the classic. We're not driving forty minutes both ways if this is what we're gonna get. I believe this that's what, I'm, this is what I'm gonna get. It, it would no. He he said what we're gonna get as if he was also so, like as if he was. Like on the mat wrestling with them as well. I mean, technically Rit during NCAA song. finals, they do show the parents. We gonna get it. We gonna get it. I like it. how you're playing the opposite. You know, I'm trying to. The, I'm just trying know, to devil's advocate over here. I do think, I do think there is an element in which we try to that, that there's some creativity. I, I remember reading a book by John Piper years ago, and he talked about how the that uh, when. God created, He created through His Son. So there is there is an element of that you create through your children. That's not a bad element. That's there's there's you you teach your children, you uh, help them, and that's that's not all bad. And so 
I think sometimes we think that because people abuse something that therefore it's all bad. I don't think that's the case. I also wonder if now coach has way more experience than we do is that we, none of us three have a kid that has done that has wrestled yet. So it's like, I don't know how much we feel as much as we like, just know like this is wrong, but we haven't actually been in that situation where he has. And so then there might be, I wonder not saying it's right, but I'm just saying, I wonder if it's, it's probably can be more difficult if you don't have the right mindset going in. If you're just like, and never like we grew up through this and we've coached. And so we kind of have, uh, our philosophy on how you should view wrestling and whatnot, but we haven't had that where you're uh, one of our sons is out there wrestling, which I wonder how that's going to feel because I'm like, there's, it, it takes sane. It makes sane people crazy. Like you see people who are normal and then like wrestling comes in and then people like can go crazy. So I'm just like, what is that? That makes me wonder, you know, the example of, the dad in Kansas City, if he were to watch somebody else do that, would he be able to say that is wrong? Yeah. You know, my guess is he would be able to recognize that, but in the moment, and I think this is what we do in life a lot of times is like we want to be able to control things. And when all of a sudden something's out of your control, i.e., your kid losing a wrestling match, right? It's not necessarily in his control. He wants to find a way to control it. So, like, the way that he's going to remedy it is by getting angry and screaming at his kid because he thinks that will magically help him win more matches. Now, obviously, we know that's not logical, that, that that's not going to help, but that might be a reason why parents resort to that is because they want to have control over the result, which they cannot. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing that is so tough about it is – I, I agree with you. The thing that is just that is so mind-boggling about it is that it has the typically I my personal belief is that it typically has the opposite effect on whatever either the wrestler or even the parent or the coach is trying to accomplish. And so that's the that's the great irony in it is that you know when a dad when you see a dad chewing his wrestler out on the side of the mat after the match. Like, I just want to go, I, I want to go up to those dads and I want to say, so what, first of all, aside from whether or not that's morally wrong or not, what part of this is going to help their performance? And that's sort of a conversation probably for another, another podcast that, you know, kind of the whole idea of positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement and all that. But it's just, it's odd to me that not only are you harming your relationship with your son or your daughter, but you're also probably harming their performance as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's for sure. They just, I think there's like a, and this might be a change that is now recent and you can maybe see that in certain programs around the country that this just the old way, old mentality of just try, just be better almost, or like, it's like the the punishment thing, like, oh, oh, you did this, so this is your punishment of physical exercise. And to where they're not having fun doing it. They're not, it's it's just uh, yelling. If I yell at them, then they'll do what I want. And, when, and that's not a long-term solution. But it's kind of the way I think sports has probably been done throughout the, you know, history. It's just, that's what it is. It's It's the tough coach making them do all these this physical stuff if they don't get the results they want i remember i remember playing baseball and we had to like do we lost a game we had to do sprints 
We had to run for like two hours. I'm like, how's this helping us become better baseball players? Let's be honest. You were probably mouthing off to the coach. That's not yeah. what you were probably lipping off. We know you. I had, I had a couple. Of, I, ask I had a, very, a couple of errors that game. Very serious question. Serious? Oh. Well, I, just, I would like to know if I could take this headgear off. No. <laughs> oh, no. No. Hey, no. okay. Truth be told, actually. No. He needs to pass that. Yes. Here's okay. the deal. Right. He needs a good, good transition. He needs to pass the headgear. Coach, uh, <laughs> Drew Etherton over here, the desperado, who's got that lovely golden natural golden Ooh, locks over there. It's nice. Um, so we, Coach Rutledge, why don't you break down if Guys, you re, if you sweat, if you do recall? Way. Yeah. I'll the, recall uh, the water situation. So Kochi has just recently, like three days, probably is three days. Is that correct? Yeah. Returned from a very long journey of uh, about nine months. He was gone. Like eight. eight months. Uh, where were you? Tell the people. I was in uh, like Southeast Asia, essentially. So he has the audacity to come in here to uh, <laughs> Keenan's uh, Rick. Excuse me. I don't know what to call you. Yeah. Keenan Rick, Rick Studio. Rick, Rick Studio. Rick's studio. And ask if his tap water was safe. <laughs> To drink. <laughs> Haven't drank tap water in a while. It's also so in I'm Southeast. pretty sure you just wanted to brag about how good you no, are no, no, traveling no. the world. No, because I also when I take a number two <laughs> in Asia, you can't flush it. You have to throw really? it in a trash can. And use yeah. And throw so it? I'm like hesitating still. I'm like, wait, I'm like, oh, the wait. pipes are too small or what? Yeah, they just they don't have their well, for plumbing sure, for isn't true. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, they just don't have the, 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 like the, I don't know, water systems that can handle toilet yeah, paper. That makes sense. So you have to throw away. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, was that your only serious question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very serious. I, I would say it's an incredibly difficult thing. And, and I think sometimes you have to empathize with people. I, I think that coaches yelling at, um, Athletes after competition is almost never effective, but it happens all the time. And it doesn't mean that every parent, every coach that does it necessarily doesn't have their child's best interests at hand and, and isn't necessarily doing everything for the wrong reasons. It's just that you get caught up in the, in the moment. I would say that I think a difference between wrestling and other sports is that the parents are oftentimes the coaches more often than they would, you know, in most youth sports, you have maybe two or three coaches, and you have nine or 15 players on a baseball team, I guess, with extra players. And you have, you know, maybe 20, 30 players on a, on a uh, midget football team. So you, you have a coach, and, and there's some distance oftentimes between the parents, at least some of the parents, and the, um, and the athletes. Whereas in wrestling, the parents oftentimes are the coaches, or they – there's not a the, the the one or two club coaches that you have can't get to every mat to every match or to every mat when when it, they're wrestling so the, the parents end up getting on the mat and coaching and so you have just have this situation where the parents are more involved yeah I you know and I agree I mean you have to be able to you you have to be able to empathize with people and you have to be able to um you know, put yourself in their shoes. But I think at the same point in time, it's like, it's, it's, it's still okay to know that, you know, there's it, number one, is there a better way to do it? And number two, um, you know, do you want to try to, it, well, I guess the, the following question to that is then do you, do you want to try to educate people on a better way to do it? And, 
um, you know, that was kind of in a, in somewhat of a comedy uh, format. Our goal with Rick the Wrestling Dad a little bit, but or just to help people be aware of like well, people what, what, get what it. Like, like yeah. I've had so many people come up to me like, yeah, I get what you guys are doing. Like it makes sense to people. They see it right away and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. And I'm like, then stop being guilty of that. I guess. I mean, it's well, pro- it's harder than that, but it's like they re- maybe they realize it. And I think I have noticed that when people are coaching against us that like they have especially right when rick came out they like toned it down quite a bit because they didn't like they realized what was going on <laughs> i'm like i'm like well i just saw them coaching their kid on another mat and they're freaking out and then now that when we're sitting in the seats across from them they're like they realize at least they have that the self-realization of that's what i'm doing i, I do it less worried. I will say that I'm just as guilty as other coaches. You know, there was times during the video in which there was, you know, the visually upset, the stalling, uh, that. But I can distinctly remember at state duels that year, <laughs> screaming at a kid or just screaming something. I was frustrated with the position, and I slapped my hands. I turned around and I said, "That was visually upset." <laughs> so it's like I don't think that that anyone really could could possibly say i am just completely calm and i never you know do anything that everybody is guilty to some degree oh for sure and um that i think just recognizing the fact that it has an adverse effect on performance is what's going to help people to like you know to really truly try to change is that you know programs like penn state ohio state there's these programs that are are proving that they are um, winning without screaming and yelling and berating kids, and so um, I think I think the more people understand that and see that, and I think it's just prevalent in the sport now, is that the the, the ones that are most successful have this long term success because they don't they have more intrinsic motivation. Um, you know, I think that's the first step is just educating. Them I would about also that. say that most programs and coaches whether they fully agree with it or not i'm not going to say all of them because some of them do say winning is all that matters but most programs or coaches say it's i want you to have fun and it's not about winning and then screaming and berating them obviously sends a totally different sign now i think that's trying to find a balance as a coach where you actually believe that or just trying to like okay if i actually believe this then your actions are going to dictate that whereas most people would say oh i want my kid to have fun wrestling or they want I want my kid you know I I want them to you know it doesn't matter if they win as long as they're trying and they're and they're having a good time but then this it sends this whole other message which is where I think the the biggest disconnect is is that people don't actually believe that they really just most people do want to win I think everybody does want to win but it's like what's more important like you can try you can want to win but then still I think that's where the balance comes in where it's harder is you want to win, but it's how can you do that and like win, but also have fun with it and make sure they're having a good time and whilst keeping them motivated, I guess. It's absolutely super difficult to keep the proper perspective. And I think it's even more difficult sometimes when, uh, when you're coaching or, or you're somebody that you care about is wrestling to maintain that perspective that this, this can be a positive thing whether they win or they lose. And, and it it really does take a great deal of um, uh, stepping back and examining yourself, checking your own checking your own heart. Because I, I just know that how 
I personally struggled with it uh, with, you know, I can remember when Rick was a young wrestler <laughs> and I can remember a couple of distinct times. One time I remember in Carney, actually I had a both times I remember might have been in Carney, he came up to me and he said, I just can't be good. I, and he was crying. He wasn't, uh, I've never cried. Yes. Oh, you man. weren't very good as a kid. I, so I have, so I was, have never cried. So he was extremely upset and, and he was upset at me to, and I didn't think that I had been putting pressure on him. So, but yet he was still upset. So uh, I just think that it's, it, the whole idea that, I mean, we have to acknowledge that if if the loser can't enjoy the activity too, if if if, if sports are only positive experiences for the people that win, then we couldn't justify it from a utilitarian viewpoint. We couldn't justify it as in our society that, or certainly that our tax money should go toward it. Um, if it can't be something that's positive for everybody, even those people who don't, who who ultimately lose or are losing most of the time should still somehow be able to be a positive experience for them well we better watch out we're getting a little political here these widow, you, oh, that's why I, right. strate- I strategically placed you coach Rutledge, in between these two <laughs> so you'll, you'll matter i'm pretty well, sure drew doesn't we... know the word utilitarian <laughs> but that's okay hey we all want to live in communist north korea <laughs> maybe that work so okay here, here's a good kind of i think shift in the conversation that is still along these same lines that that we've had conversations about before in in kind of based on what all you guys have said and what you just said dad is that you know the reality is is yeah it is hard and so one thing that i've always found fascinating and and i'm guilty of this myself but how coaches and if you're a dad that coaches your son or your daughter how coaches um don't oftentimes put a lot of effort into you know maybe the way that they coach or the style that in in which they you know or how they present themselves when they coach you know like we kind of think that when we're a wrestler on the mat and we're competing that sort of like every little detail matters but we we some in it's hard because coaching is a little bit more fluid and you know it kind of holistically involves like your life when you're at a wrestling tournament or even when you're not but we don't sometimes work on honing our skills as a coach and or a parent in the way that we, in, you know, the way that we coach, our body language, the things that we say, whether or not we believe that negative reinforcement is a good thing or not, whether or not, you know, we just kind of offer, operate from a default position with whatever feels most natural to us. So the, the where I think you see this in obviously our modern day era here is with you know, you're, you're looking at a dynasty that we all talk about, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Coach Cale Sanderson, I think, and it's probably easier for him because to some degree it is his default position, but I think he is very calculated in the way that he coaches um, in the details. You know, and, uh, and that makes a big difference. Now, I remember a duel, and I got to be, I got to tread very carefully here because um, we're going to have our good friend Tervel Delognev on the podcast here. Um, was scheduled to be on on this first episode, but we ended up making it late night with Rick and the boys, so he's already in bed out there in his Eastern time zone. But Coach Tervel Delognev out at Ohio State University, you know, I, I remember a duel. I believe it was what was it two years ago? Penn State Ohio State duel, super close contest. 
I believe came down to Kyle Snyder needed to major Nick Nevels yeah. to get there. That was when uh, I think he um, needed a pen. He needed a yeah. yeah. I think he. No, I had think he, need, he only needed a he needed a major to tie to tie it. I don't he know needed a major for, to tie the duel, which would then have put the duel to criteria, I believe. Yeah. And Ohio State would have won on criteria, I think. Coach Rutledge, you're on that research grind. Get on yep, that. I'm on. Um, so so two years ago, this duel, you know, super close contest. And what one thing that just really stood out to me, and and for the record, I absolutely love Coach Ryan. Coach Ryan, if you're listening to our Rick the Rass and Dead podcast, I'm please. sure he is. Yes. He, he's got to be one of these eleven hey, people Dan, watching. Yeah, hi. Um, <laughs> please don't dismantle me if if you are listening. But the thing about it, that that was so interesting about the duel was you you got Coach Kale Sanderson who is coaching. You know, cool as a cucumber. He's you know, not very demonstrative. You got Coach Ryan, who's coaching. He is extremely demonstrative. Um, you know, they're both incredible coaches. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like that was almost just one specific duel, one specific contest where it was like you could almost see the the coaching style of the coaches translate into and affect the wrestlers. I felt like a little bit like Kyle Snyder did major Nick Neville's pretty easily. Um, gosh, well, it, it was it was the year before, I believe, and not saying. I mean, obviously, it's tough to major a guy when he, all he's trying to do is not get majored. But um, you know, maybe Kyle Snyder was a little tight out there. Part of that's just knowing that the duel's on the line. I get all that, but my point in all that is just you know, maybe that you know that maybe that coaching style matters a little bit. Uh, okay, nineteen eighteen was the win. Kyle Snyder needed the. A major would have tied the duel, but I think they still would have lost on criteria. So he oh. needed a yeah, tech. Yeah, I think call. he needed a tech. Oh, okay. so the, I remember watching the broadcast. I'm gonna That makes it a, I, that makes it a lot harder. Obviously yeah. obviously Kyle or uh Kale Sanderson is extremely talented and what he's doing is incredible. I'm gonna push back a little bit because I know that uh you and Drew are um Penn State fans and no, I'm, I'm the a Buckeyes only guy. True fan to we Ohio State. Are. Terrell, continue to send me stuff. And Terrell, hey. And Ter- Drew, Terrell. big, big Buckeye guy. Terrell, for the record, go Bucks. I think one thing that's important is that, yes, Cale Sanderson is an incredible coach. He handles himself extremely well in the chair, but just because his style works and it works for him doesn't mean that the only way to be successful is to coach like Cale Sanderson coaches. I think Dan Gable would have been completely different than Kale Sanderson was. Obviously, he was an extremely successful college coach. Um, so I think, uh, while I agree with you and his coaching style works very well, I would also say that I don't think that um, his way is the only way, that everybody should mold and try to coach like Kale Sanderson. You know, that that's actually an interesting... Okay, we got to get the old man's input on this because he's the only one that dates back this far. <laughs> but... That is actually an interesting point that you bring up. Obviously, Dan Gable had a dynasty that every bit rivals the Penn State dynasty. Uh, Penn State dynasty is not to that point yet. Yeah. What? What? How many championships did Gable well, have? We're going for ten in a row at one point. And they have what, like 50? 20, 20 something. They had twenty something total. I don't. Yeah, out of the yeah, in like thirty years. All like under that. all under Gable. Uh, actually, the first national championship they won. Dan Gable was an assistant, and Gary Kirtlemeyer was the head coach. Good old Kirtlemeyer. 
All right. Here I, we go. I would like to say something about this, though. I'm hold, not sure what your point well, was going to be. Hold on. Go let ahead. me finish. Let me finish. And then, so that is interesting because Gable did have a different coaching style than Sanderson. However, uh, gosh, I watched some of those old videos of Gable. I know there were times where he kind of like came unglued and he called for stalling and stuff like that and came unglued on the refs. There was a bronze statue of him doing yeah. that. <laughs> so he was a little bit more animated. They did, Although Kale does get animated as well at, at points. They they did immortalize a statue of him calling for stalling. So yeah. I don't know that's interesting as to what your goals are there. But um, so, yeah, I but I will say he did also, I don't know, my impression of watching some of those old videos of him, he was also like had this composure about him too. Like he was, he. I mean, well, everything's in, everything's on a spectrum. But he, I, I can remember him being very tense. In fact, I remember Tom Ryan wrestling Pat Smith in the finals, and he was extremely uh, agitated in that match, thinking there was like some uh, incorrect call, and and but th- that was a, just a tremendous match when uh, Ryan wrestled Pat Smith in the NCAA finals. I, I think we had this discussion earlier. We had a discussion with the three of us, uh, and Jeff and I tend to be a little more emotional when the coaching's going on than Keenan. Would you say that's fair, Coach Rutledge? That's fair. That's why okay. I'm trying to push back on this. So I'm, I'm, pu- I'm pushing back, and I, I brought this up. Just I'm pushing back, and I don't have to. Can we throw up my... the picture of Jeff in the paper <laughs> yeah. in the state this year? I don't, I, have to, yeah. I don't have to. It's uh, my profile picture, by the way. I'm proud I, of that. Yeah. I, I don't have to deny that I'm a Penn State fan to push back on this. I just think sometimes what's you have to be true to yourself too. And it, that was what I thought was our discussion was are you being true to yourself and what's what's what who you are. I do think that you have to exercise some level of restraint, but if you're if you tend to be a more emotional person and that tends to be your you know, your default setting as a coach, I don't know that you want to totally become a stoic and show no emotion uh, while you're coaching. Uh, two football coaches that t- that were perceived of as being stoic were Tom Landry, and I'm sure you guys don't know who that is. Oh, Dallas I'm a big Cowboys. Tom Landry guy. Tallis Cowboys, Fedora, love the guy. And uh, Tom Osborne were both perceived of as being somewhat stoic in their coaching styles. So, I, I and I think that like a Bobby Bowden was much more animated. I don't know that being animated in your coaching style necessarily means that that you can't still convey the message to your athletes that you love them that that you're not putting you're not trying to put more pressure on them you're just battling with them i i think you can demonstrate that without and still be emotional i think as long as you're congruent with what you're preaching then it's fine it's like if you the reason I think a lot of people get very animated or emotional or just, you know, they they act different is because they really want that win for this person. I remember watching Keenan his senior year at Nationals in his match to medal. I, me and Jeff were like freaking out. It's because we wanted Keenan to win so bad. And it's and I remember watching my brother uh, in his in one of his matches that he lost and I was just I was like yelling. I was so upset, and it's because I knew he could have been wrestling better. And his wife turns and yells at me. She's like, "Just shut up!" And I'm like, 
no, he needs to wrestle better. I was like, I'm getting like we. It's the only time we've ever yelled at each other. You were that parent screaming at him in the hallway. I was, no, I was. Well, I wouldn't scream in the hallway because it's just I wanted him to win. Well, he would beat me up too. But okay, so we found the still shot. So this is Jeff. I think I don't know about you guys, but I think I look pretty demonstrative myself right here. <laughs> what are you? I actually yeah. have a shot of myself jumping, think... and I've got to find it. It's on. I got to. Stashed away. I mean, but that's exciting. I'm, worried. Like, I'm still honestly, I'm worried about Jeff's spinal cord to this day. <laughs> that's just He's scorpioning himself right now. <laughs> Triple extension is what we call Jeez, that. Chris, snatched 540 there. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that? Is it like a? You're like, like, are you like going Super Saiyan or something? Triple extension. That's quadruple extension, dude. <laughs> you're, your heels are touching the back. <laughs> so that was a senior Chris Carmazine winning, getting an upset over uh, a kid that was a much higher seed. And kid that just works his tail off, didn't have a ton of wrestling experience coming into high school. And that was just one of those. I put him in the semifinals, really so he medaled yeah, after so that. It yeah, so it guaranteed him a medal. And well, But that's but it's because you – love him and you want you know you both want what's best for him it's exciting so it's like that's obviously we want these kids to win like that's why we work hard instead of just go there and you know it's still a difficult it's still a difficult situation because it is true when you love someone you weep when they weep and you rejoice when they rejoice and um so that is that is the essence of love if you're if you don't you're not out there with them if you're not you know enjoying their enjoyment if you're not if you're not hurting when they hurt you're not loving them that's true but if you want to really preach and get people to believe that it's not all about winning that that you can be happy in a loss that you can there there that there are truth moral victories or what's the word that's not the word yeah, it's it's called a moral victory when you yep. lose, but but you still there are still tr- true moral victories, and I've heard lots of coaches say, "Oh, I don't believe in moral victories." I think that you almost that's almost like a thing you shouldn't be coaching if you don't believe in a moral victory. But but and the reason I'm saying it's still relevant is you are struggling. You have to teach yourself to enjoy that that it can be fun for your wrestlers to even when they lose that you can believe they can ha- they can be happy and you can be happy for them so it is a it is a struggle yeah i mean i agree with all that and i think it you know the reality is is there's a little bit there's obviously a balance on, with these things that we're talking about as far as like it, it's okay obviously to show emotion when you coach i mean kel sanderson shows emotion when he coaches not to again not to just use him as the he did throw a chair icon. yeah yeah so but it's just that this idea of that you know you you can obviously go too far to the other end of the pendulum which is i'm going to not work at all to restrain my emotion and my actions and um in the the thing that i think most coaches don't realize about that they just think they think that maybe the only thing that's wrong with that is you know that it maybe just sheds a negative light on them or there it's just you know bad on their part but what i think that a lot of coaches don't realize is that that affects their wrestler um and the way that their wrestler wrestles but so my point is just that we should work to control you know how we act and our emotions and, and to you know and keep it within a range perhaps so that way 
our wrestlers can perform to the best of their abilities. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's all a balance and I agree that you should be able to show emotion and some people should be able to show more emotion than others if that's naturally who they are. So I, I agree with that point. Um, that being said, I think it's time to transition gentlemen today to female. What? <laughs> Not like a, <clears throat> the, today, this as, today I don't know was none <laughs> other than the world team trials. Dub TTs. And uh, World Team Trials is the tournament which qualifies one wrestler for Final X um, and will which will eventually decide the spot on the United States World Team. Uh, we had some incredible wrestling today. Let's go through each weight and let's just... We just do you guys want to just go Finals? Or do you guys we'll want to go, go through? Okay, I mean, we'll go through. Start talking. Well, we'll can go we, through. Can we quickly down. mention yeah. Austin Trotman? Yeah. Oh, by the way, we will mention Austin Trotman real quick before we get to Austin Trotman. International. I'll let you get there. Um, I did just get a text message from my mother, and she said that Dad did actually have a vertical jump back in the day. Oh. <laughs> that would rival the scorpion of Jeff Rutledge. <laughs> so that's something to be proud of, I that's guess. That's kind of cheating if you pull your legs on. up. I was, when you do your had a photo in the paper twice jumping, but also that tells us that my mother is one of our viewers. So <laughs> our one viewer, thinking, yeah, mm-hmm, our one viewer. Um, so anyway, uh, let's let's move on. Coach uh, Austin Trotman was one of our uh, youth wrestling coaches actually just last year, and so my ta- roommate. Yep, and Coach Etherton's roommate talked about wipes Coach with uh, like moist towelettes, not toilet paper. Interesting fact. He, like baby wipes. Maybe that's Never, why he's so good at wrestling. What, what does he do if he's in a public place? I don't does, he, know. does he carry him with him? Actually, moist should get him on the podcast and ask. I've we never... should. We'll, we'll have him call in. Yeah. We'll, yeah, call. we'll, call, we'll call him. Hey, uh, we'll call in. Yeah, we'll call in. Uh, talk about Coach uh, Trotty. And, uh, like, what do you want me to... He was my roommate, which well, is the, cool. you, There's a current event in the wrestling oh, yeah, community. Just, what is Beach National Champ at You got to pull it up. You have any, the other I have his, it just his interview. No, I don't. I can't connect to it, can I? Well, no, I can pull it up, but I'm oh. just saying, did you well, pull up the, like... No, no, he did not. They had a picture no. of four wrestlers. He was one of them. That's why I was the one that noticed it. So. We'll get the... We'll yeah, get he this. recently retired from the uh, freestyle circuit and obviously got back into it and is uh, the USA Beach National Champ at 90 I think the, some of the guys think that they don't consider... I mean, not, not that they're... I don't even not, know beach wrestling uh, rules well, at all. I think they just... It's a way of competing. There you go. Yeah. That's the picture I saw. So these guys are all pretty ripped. <laughs> well, we'll get this yeah, up on the. Uh, we'll put ripped. this up on the on the uh, live stream here in a second. But uh, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I haven't. On the far right. I'll be real Our honest. Haven't right. got to see any of the matches, but found out he won. Didn't even know he was wrestling in it because he. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't really talk about his wrestling very much. Well, that is funny because he's a big Snapchat guy. But big Snapchat I had, guy. Didn't even know he was entered in Beach this National. Was a, yeah, either this was a I. I thought this was a while ago, wasn't no, it? No, I saw no, it. Well, it's it's yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so uh, he said, also watching. said that he's coaching wrestling at an MMA gym. That's what he's doing. Oh, really? That's what he's doing. That's how he's Well, yeah, alongside Trotty's Carpentry because he is a woodworker. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did you get the results pulled up of, no. of who he beat in the finals? No. So okay, well, but while you're pulling up the results of who I don't have, in the final, oh, yeah, I'm a stat guy. I'll get yeah, it. yeah, yeah, you get you it. Go get a stat guy. While, we're, while you're pulling board. up those results, um, so uh, the beach wrestling rules in a snapshot, and I, I, I learned this rather recently 
I feel bad that I didn't know what it was because that's a lot. You, you lost to an old guy. I did. Yeah, I did wrestle a beach. Yeah, <laughs> I did lose to a, an old man in beach wrestling. He had like thirty pounds. I mean, he's jacked. All right. Well, you still should. Um. So, uh, basically, it's it's first to three points. First person to three points. If you go feet to back, automatic three points match over. If you basically get the other guy down into the sand or push him out of the ring, one point. Like, what's in the sand? Can you touch your knees? Is it like sumo? No, those were not the rules that they were using in Cornhusker State games. No, it, 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 I think the rules have changed. It did used to be closer to freestyle wrestling rules. It's almost, I think, a little closer to sumo now, uh, is my perception. Huh. I think by doing that, they get more of the guys that, that like, like a Trotman that doesn't want to, you know, Go full bore wrestling and, and yet just go out there and use some of the... Here you go, hey. guys. Second straight year. That's why I thought it was a while ago. U.S. Beach Nationals, he won it for the second straight year. Handled Austin Watkins in the final series. Two matches to none. He won it last winning year? Winning 3-0 in the first bout and 4-0 in the second bout. I yep. was living with him this time last year. All right, no, it wasn't. Maybe he was already back in North Carolina. So there you go. All right, should we go move on to the World Dang, Team Dang, sorry, Trot. Gonna... didn't even know you won it last year, bro. All right, so we Not got we got Coach Trot up on the screen here. He is middle all... right. He's one that's all tatted up. Okay, so yes, uh, Coach Trotman here with some dumpy, some dumpy looking guys on the screen here. Just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some total body fat on there. It's about like one percent. So uh, Coach Trotman is in the red trunks, uh, two from the right. Yep. And uh, these were the, these must have been weight class national champions, I guess. Apparently, cool. There's only four weight classes. It might well, be. They might have. They might only have four. Didn't four Reese Humphrey go for this? I think there was a different one. That's what Jeff was saying, I guess. Congratulations, Austin Trotman. Yeah. Let's talk. Team let's trials, let's talk world team trials. Let's go. We got about yeah. We've got about another. We can wrap this thing up in about fifteen. We got about another fifteen minutes here. We're gonna knock out some world team trials. Uh, I've got Pat Downey's hair. Um, do you want to go ahead? Big fan of the, like the PD3 hair. Okay. Um, maybe a little jealous because mine is not growing in all where it used to, but... Um, yeah. You can still leave that bun hey. in the back if you want. Also, Let's just say you're not going to be doing the old PD3 hair anytime no, soon. No, no, no. Not that I have any room to talk. Yeah. yeah. He's getting a little light in the They both top. started with hats for a reason. <laughs> Um, Coach Etherton, is it time to let him take off the headgear, Shane? No, no. no. Until someone says something dumb, right. I'll wear it. I agree. Okay. Um, so, World Team Trials. Let's start with 57 kilograms. No, sorry. 57 kilograms? Yes, that is 57 correct. 57 kilograms. Thomas Gilman was the winner over... Um, it was Diaz. Yeah. No, no, no. Darren that Cruz. Was, no. Darren well, Cruz. Darren Cruz in the, in the finals Cruz, yeah. to... to yeah. In, in the best two out of three. So, um... Man, Darren Cruz had a nice win over Jack Mueller. Was it? Ja no, did he wrestle Jack Mueller in the semis? I believe he did. I believe he did. Yeah, nice he win beat, over Jack. He beat uh, Jack Mueller seven to five. So Jack Mueller looked good. He beat Zane Richards in the first round. You know, that's a Richards was a two seed. Mueller was a seven seed. Uh, Mueller's, I think, took him down right at the very end. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a yeah. That was pretty sick. Kind of like a buzzer. Literally, beater. it took him down and gutted him. Yes. At, in the last ten seconds to win the match. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then wrestles tough against Darren Cruz, 7-5, and then, yeah. So, so Coach Relish, talk to me a little bit about 
I, I know we got a little bit of a sensitive subject here for you. Maybe not sensitive subject. Let's call it an opinionated subject. Talk to me a little bit about Thomas Gilman's wrestling style. That that final that final series against Darren Chris. You know, man, I I'll tell you what, Thomas Gilman, world champion, beach wrestling, probably thirty years in a row. <laughs> there is nobody he's not getting an underhook on and just driving like he's dude is vertical. No wait, horizontal. Yeah. I um horizontal. I just wanna say I love Omaha Scut. I love Coach DeVetter. <laughs> um Gilman is not beating Dayton Fix this year. I am so bored watching Thomas Gilman wrestle as he squeezes people and pushes them to the edge and pushes them to the edge. Well, I it's not exciting wrestling. So here's his tactic. I, I, I this is kind of interesting. He gets an underhook, drives, 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 drives to the edge. Then the other wrestler has to go down to a knee and try to go hard wizard down to try to not give up a push out, and then. Gilman scoops the leg, tables it, and gets a single. So either he's either going to get a push out or he's going to try to get two right there. Yeah, it's 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 a good tactic if you're really really strong it and is, you can bull rush is, guys. But this is again, not super I, fun this to watch. is a, a different debate for another day, another podcast. But another reason why I don't think the push out would be a good thing in folk style wrestling is just changing the wrestling to a sumo competition. Well, I was under the impression that they had changed the push-out rule and now that that you couldn't, if you were just perceived of as not actually wrestling, not trying for a takedown, you couldn't just push him out. Is that, that's You not, can't oh, straight-arm push him out. The rule is straight-arm well, pushing him out. Well, look at Stoll so, and uh, Mason Paris. In, that was literally all Stoll would do is just push him. It was the most boring So as long as yeah. you're in most a wrestling move, match. as long as you're in some some <laughs> sense of a wrestling move, it's, it's okay? Yeah, um... I mean, it's 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 pretty subjective as a thing, obviously. But yeah, it's you're not supposed to have your arms straight and mummy walk him out of bounds. I mean, even with but, just the step out to stalling, you see it negatively affect at least heavyweight wrestling. That's all Stoll would do. Yeah. It was so boring. Oh yeah. And I felt bad for Mason Paris because he's, I think he's better and. This, and he just he's just Mason way smaller. Paris made the world team, this, the junior world yeah, team. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, oh, that's that's nice nice uh performance from him. He had he had a tough guy in the finals too. He had uh oh he had that Wisconsin kid in the finals. So yeah. that's that's a nice win. Um but uh okay, so we're gonna move on here. We got another topic for another day, which is whether or not you should have a push out in, in scholastic wrestling and folk style. I think you should. Coach Rutledge thinks you shouldn't. That's another topic for another podcast. Fair enough. All right, um moving on. Coach Rutledge. Give us I'm going to go, let's just go straight to the heat. Imar over Nolf. Uh, Imar looked fantastic. Um, he really was dominant over Nolf the whole, you know, both two match. Well, they went three matches. For three matches, it seemed like he was very dominant with the exception of giving up a four-point move at the end of the, the second match, which gave, essentially gave Nolf the match. So I was really impressed with how uh, Imar looked. Um, just kind of overpowered Nolf. Yeah, you know, the the thing is, is it's going to be tough to move up two weeks before. I mean, yeah. he made 70 kilograms two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, you you watch David, and I'm sure what he's thinking, I, I guess I'm not sure, but I would imagine what he's thinking is you see your guys like David Taylor and – um, you know, they go up and they have success. David Taylor obviously did, though. I mean, similar story. It's like David Taylor lost to Jaden Cox. You know, it took him a little while to adjust to that new weight class, but he bulked up. He put on the muscle. I think 
it's going to be an interesting match between Imar and Jason Nolf in a year after Nolf's had a year to bulk up, put on some muscle, really fill out the weight class. But and transition to freestyle wrestling full time. Yeah. So I did. I thought Nolf wrestled outstanding too. I, I I thought that it just showed how tough Imar was because Nolf uh, defeated Anthony Valencia. And he defeated Logan Massa, who both were wrestling, both wrestled really well in the in the tournament. Man, how about that second match? Imar goes for a duck under last ten seconds of the match. Jason Nall front head pinch, freaking throws him for four to win the match with literally zero seconds left on the clock. It was a weird throw too. It was like just swinging yeah. down. It wasn't. It didn't look like really pristine technique by any means. But Nolf just like finds ways to win, which is incredible. Well, if it wouldn't have ended exactly when it did, right? Imar would have probably scored because he was in position to score. So it would have probably ended up being four one or four two, and so Imar would have ended up winning. If it, if it had to be a it would end exactly when it did. Yeah. So uh, all right. Next finals, where, where do we want to go? Let's just keep going heat. Gable Stevenson. Oh, Fuego. What do you think about him? Well, uh, didn't do great in my fantasy league in NCAAs. Thanks for that, <laughs> Gable. But, uh, wow, coming back. Because Kuhn destroyed him last year. Really wasn't that close. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And then he just come back a year yeah. later. I, I don't even know if he's that much bigger. Maybe. No, he's not much bigger, I don't think. He just, I, he just has gotten that much better. Well, he's had a whole year of college wrestling yeah. now. So I think that. Makes a huge difference. I do think of that parallel between Gable Stevenson at this point and Kyle Snyder. Stevenson, I'm sorry. And Kyle Snyder from Kyle Snyder's freshman year of college are pretty interesting. Kyle Snyder loses in the finals of the NC2As, then comes back, wins uh, wins the trials, ends up defeating a uh, world Olympic champion, uh, Jake Varner, to make the team, and then goes on to win the world championships. I'm not saying Stevenson's going to do it, but he, but it would be very much yeah. of a parallel if he if he completed that feat because he would have to beat a, a two-time bronze yeah. medalist to make the U.S. team if he did it. And I'll, then, yeah, I'll say this: if he beats Gwiz, then yeah. he's made a believer out of me. At this point, I'm, I don't, I mean, he's obviously got some incredible leg attacks. He's powerful. He's quick. I just don't know that I feel like Gwiz is going to just have the edge on. I, I'm, I'm going Gwiz. I, Gwiz is a better wrestler, and he's really big than Kuhn. Kuhn's very big. I mean, he's a great wrestler, but he's not as quick as Gwiz, I don't think. Yeah. I think what's impressive is that he did to Kuhn what Kyle Snyder had a rough time doing, at least in folk style. That, that, is, that is interesting. When you – the thing about that – I, I was I mean, thinking Kyle that I, smaller. Yeah, I was thinking that sense. exact same thing today. I mean, Kyle Snyder's still trying to keep his weight yeah. in check yeah. to where he can stay within striking distance of you know his international weight. Class. I just was very but, shocked by yeah. how bad he beat. He beat him. he beat him down. And he, I mean, he, and he did it impressively. It's... Another thing that I this is something that I personally object to is that the wrestlers who lost in the mini tournament, if they, I'm sorry, not the mini tournament, in the two out of three, if they did not. If they won the mini tournament and then they were in the best two out of three for the finals, and lost, then they were they were likely to have to re- wrestle for true true third. So Kuhn lost to uh, the other Minnesota wrestler that lost to 
Stevenson and then Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, to- Tony Nelson. So, Nel- yeah. so Coon had to turn around and wrestle Nelson, and he lost. And the same thing. Oh, happened. is that right? So yeah. Nelson beat Coon. Yeah. Yes. Wow, and the same thing. That. It's just really unfair, in my, in my opinion, after guys wrestled two out of three. Yeah, that. Discouraged. Yeah, that's, that. That also happened to. That's so much too. wrestling. They should do those back. Uh, the the sixty one pounder. Uh, so if you were the if you were the guy sitting out, so the sixty one pounder that was sitting out, the Oklahoma re- wrestler, uh, former the coach at was at Northwestern. Give me a name, guys. Uh, uh, Storny Brewer. 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 Yeah. Brewer also had to do the same thing. He lost to Megalutis. This is my thing with Gable Stevenson. Which one shows up fi- to Final X? Because if it was today's Gable Stevenson, he's winning it. He's yeah. beating Gwiz. He was so impressive. And for me, and Ben Astron tweeted this out. He said. How do you lose to yeah. Anthony Kassar twice twice, and then do what you just did to Kuhn? And it's so true. It was like during the NC2A, I was, I was so frustrated, partly because he was on my uh, fantasy team. But it was like, just pull the trigger. Shoot, you know, move your – and just like didn't look like he was and, – and, hey, that could be Kassar and his, his positioning. But um, Gable Steveson, the way that he was moving Kuhn in the position that Kuhn likes to be in, in that over-and-unders position – and where he hit that like nice little sweep single from uh, over and under, kind of sank down and and got to the angle. Uh, it was oh. impressive. I don't and and just getting getting the foot off the ground and not giving opportunities to scramble. I, if it's that Gable Stevenson, I'll pick him over Gwiz this year. Why don't they just do the? That is totally unfair that they wrestle the third. That you have to wrestle another match after you just wrestle another two out of three series, best two out of three series. Why don't they just wrestle those? as preliminary matches at Final X. I mean, because it's yeah. a, for a spot on the national team, which comes with, correct me if I'm wrong, which comes with a stipend, a year, uh, yeah. a stipend for the year. So it's for, it's you know, it's an important match. I mean, we might as well just have it at Final X and have it be a prelim match. Before it doesn't so much favor one. Yeah. Person. Yeah, and like, it, it gets more people in the door, too. Like, I would love to know the statistics on the yeah, guy. how they uh, went. Yeah, on, on I'm actually weather. looking at that right now, and so far, everyone... Has lost. But be nice to have like several years. How that how that's happened over over the years. I'm guessing that. that yeah, Jordan Oliver lost. Who do you, who did he Molinero. wrestle? Molinero. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's that's so unfair. Um, yeah. So uh, okay. Next week, Coach Rupp. Darren Joe over Valencia. Oh my goodness. I let's just not even talk about that. Let's talk about Darren Joe versus Dake. I I think I. I got to go Daringer after that. Awesome. Again, they as people talk about, you can't do wrestling math or whatever because <clears throat> A beat B, B can beat B, B, C means cow. A can beat C. But you would think if you just looked at him, I mean, Valencia gave Dake two really tough matches yeah. last year, and he did, wasn't even close. I mean, it was yeah. – it was a I mean, down. granted, Kyle Dake is notorious for sometimes, you know, he he has been accused of letting matches stay close sometimes, you know, against guy and not saying that he, but so you might make the argument that, ah, yeah, just because Valencia wrestled him close doesn't mean that, you know, and Darringer blew Valencia out. Yeah, I agree with you. You can't do the wrestling math exactly like that, but I'm just, man, Alex Darringer is on a terror and he is just, he's a physical specimen. That dude has got to be so insanely strong. Good flow up top, too. Nice flow. Real good I can't hairline. get over how much Dayton Fix and Alex Darren yeah. look like each other. You you have to have 
a curly-headed mop yeah. top to go to Oklahoma State and yeah. be awesome. And freakishly good at wrestling. I think Derringer's international success has been really – has been outstanding. Didn't he – Yeah. Did he – was it beat? the – He'd beaten, like, returning silver medalists or something. He's beaten a handful of quality international opponents. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, people are – it's like, man, we've got – three guys that all well four guys at 79 kilograms that all have really good international wins i mean jeesh mark hall's two-time junior world champion so the rumor was that derringer was injured last year when he wrestled valencia and that might have contributed to him not looking very good in that match and valencia winning and you know moving on to final x so i for for the the series this time i'm kind of like proceeding with kacha I'm, I'm still he was impressive i mean derringer looked like he controlled the match. I was saying it looked similar to um, the, what was the match I was just talking about? Um, Imar over Noel, that he just kind of controlled and almost overpowered. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he Valencia. beat, beat Valencia a lot worse than Imar beat Nolf, though. I mean, I agree with you, but like, yeah, he, it just, he just it looked, looked like a similar, off. it looked like a similar style. Like it was just like he was too strong, too quick, better position. Well, the whips, I, you know, he would whip him and then he would chase the ankle. The, the, I mean, his skill level, I mean, what he was doing was how he was moving after the sprawl and the things he was doing were, were really impressive. I'm going to go Dake over Derringer. Yeah. Final X. I'm I'm going I'm is that going in Lincoln? Is that one in Lincoln? I I, I know that no. he's I know that you got world return world champ, but I'm going Darren. We're gonna we'll, we're we're he, he's world wants, champ that went, that went through the world was went enough. through the tournament and didn't get scored on. Yeah. Hey guys, let's come on. We all know why we're here, okay? And that's PD three. Oh my god. And Heflin and that little post match scuffle. <laughs> Quality entertainment. I think wrestling, honestly, needs more of it. Okay, here's my thing. What's, oh my wrestling gosh. needs that, Pat I, Downey. Okay, so I actually want it. That's worth. That is going to literally be a subject for a whole other podcast because I've got my thoughts on that. All right. Um, I just know what's right on that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, here's the deal. What What was? I don't even get what Pat Downey was so upset. I mean, they yeah, there was some heavy clubs. I mean, it, what there wasn't anything. Heflin didn't give him like. Well, something Heflin happened didn't... right at the end when they when they did it because Downing was on top, and he didn't get off right away. Yeah, well, you like, like tried to throw him around. Yeah. Like, yeah, like throw him like, around. And he thought, and then after... I think he thought that Heflin overreacted. They both thought the other guy was at fault, which is usually the case in a scuffle like that. The other guy thinks the they both think the other guy initiated it. Yeah, I don't. It was just it was stupid. It that's. Those guys are both kind of like bruisers. They're hard-nosed wrestlers, but it's like, I mean, you were collar tying each other hard. I don't, I don't think it's a good reason. Yeah, what I saw, what from what I saw of just the video right at the end, it didn't look like anything. That I don't know. Maybe Heflin was just really frustrated, but I, that's, it, it didn't that, look that's like the thing anything is, that that Thomas Gilman doesn't do. Well, that's the thing. I don't, yeah, Heflin might have been frustrated. He didn't do anything, though. Yeah. What did he do? Yeah, I don't Well, I don't did, know. He, did he... It might have been he, something during... That's the thing. Yeah, you can't, a little earlier from looking match. on, you can't necessarily see. He might have shoved back and in. And maybe he was just guys, frustrated that he's just lost. Let's and, just do, let's just please pray right now that David Taylor is not hurt. Yes. To the point to where... <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, Pat Downey, PD3, 
props to you, dude, for, you know, I mean, having an awesome world team trials. You've obviously had a dramatic improvement from your performance last year at the U.S. Open world team trials. But it's like, guys, we need David Taylor. <laughs> yeah, but like... It, would, would you guys be in favor of having some sort of a system... Like, apparently, and I don't, what I've been told, and I, I've heard it's kind of changed over the past couple of years, but like Russia has, where they can sometimes have some special wrestle-offs and do something like, we would it be if Kyle Bakes' MCL is torn and he can't David wrestle Taylor. the championships, can we, sorry, David Taylor, Both. can we, well, yeah, Kyle Bakes injured too. If David Taylor is injured, can Zahid Valencia or Mark Hall get a special wrestle-off? Well, they against, did a special wrestle-off when one of them couldn't make weight. When James Green had to go wrestle off in Fargo. That's yes, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's like this. You just couldn't make weight. Yeah, Nick Marable. And so, yeah, I, I mean, they could do it. And they could do it at Fargo. Yeah. I don't know how they would pick somebody other than well, you'd the have number to get, two guy. Yeah, you'd give it to, you'd give it to Zahid, probably. But, um, or, you'd no, give, or you, sorry, Daring or, or Dake. you give it to Daring. Oh, I thought, you meant like, you? I thought you meant like wait till they recover more. Well, and then, I'm saying. And then they wrestle it. Yeah. I mean, two returning world champs, I think they should have the option of. Well, they, I think that is possible. I they th- are doing that. They, they are doing that. They yeah. they are considering having Taylor's match at a later date. At least that's what I Yes, think. and Dakes as well, But uh, yeah. uh, supposedly. Fargo now, would be a great opportunity for that. Yes, and they probably will do it at Fargo. That's kind of what they've traditionally done. But my point that I'm saying is, is should a guy be allowed to, if we think it's going to be our best representative, like I think Zahid Valencia or Alex Daringer or Kyle Dake, well, it'll be between Daringer and Dake. I think one of those two guys, if they lose, they'd be a better representative at uh, what, what what's the what weight class is eighty six kilos. Eighty six kilos. I think one of those two guys would be a better representative at eighty six kilos than PD three. Yeah, I That's can't. Just, I can't imagine PD three yeah. beating the Daringer that wrestled yet t- today. Yeah, but will they do that on based on the? No, no I doubt they that's would. Just they they I would. Yeah, they, they wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Is, is should we, should we ever? I mean. You know, I, I read an interesting article about the number one, um, like, virtue in sports should be fairness. And, you know, but it's like, so in the interest of fairness, yeah, you, it's pretty hard to, like, go down that road. But it's like, man, if we want to put our best team out there, should we have some sort of a system that allows for that? It's hard to have a system that allows for that. That's the problem yeah. is that, you you know, the system that we have in place is, the, you know, U.S. Open. You pick your weight class and, and if that doesn't happens, work out. Because yeah. then, then you have people – then you set a precedent of, oh, I didn't. Oh, I'll try this weight class, and if it doesn't work out, then maybe they'll let me in try another weight class. Yeah, and then I don't think you can set that precedent. Which, with that being said, that kind of changes my mind a little bit. You know, had Kyle Dake decided I'm going to go 74 kilos and then lost to Jordan Burroughs, I would have been in favor of having him go 79 kilos. Yeah. So it would be nice to somehow arrange that but then you're gonna get that at every weight every guy's gonna do that at every weight and then then like oh well why did he get to do it and i didn't get to do it i mean maybe you could say it's because he's a world champ or world medalist but then i mean that i think that just sets up a a a very sticky situation well and the united states sort of prides itself on democratization and 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 fairness and so they you know they've done this where Russia doesn't have, place that kind of emphasis on fairness, and they're not that concerned about it. So they, you know, why one was it. communism, one wasn't. Oh, oh back to uh, politics. I guess you're, I guess you're a little. Uh, you forgot that the 
Yes. The, the they're not, they're not communist anymore. I know, I'm not saying they're not communist anymore. <laughs> like this. There's some, there's some trickle down. There's some, right, so, there's some cultural trickle down. So, that would have been a drill. There's some cultural go, differences. A little cultural difference. All right, so let's we're we got about five we got yeah. about five minutes let's left. go we're through gonna, the rest of the weather just gonna hammer out the weather we we hit the hot ones yeah, first that was yeah. a good call tyler graf 161 nice um, wrestling by tyler graf yeah james yeah. green got it done you know Crazy. after after he lost uh in the u.s open finals we were a little nervous but i think he's gonna come back to final x and handle uh, well, that helps final x and lincoln let's get greasy uh, yeah. on the podcast Husker well we could probably you could probably get greasy on the podcast yeah um yeah awesome performance by james green uh Unfortunate for Anthony Ashnall, got his knee popped. Yeah, didn't didn't even ha- didn't even get to see the second match there, but yeah, it was too bad. Bo Nickel looked dominant. Some people wondering if he can go with Jaden Cox. Bo Nickel, that will be That's a be very sick. interesting final X. And then Kevin Gatson. Can we can we all say which weight we're most looking to it forward to in oh, final X? Well, it's all gonna be this. Everybody should be the same. Ninety-two kilograms. If yeah. you're not, then, I would think. I then would think. you don't. I don't know, have man. A, heavyweight no, I now. I think fifty-seven kilograms is one twenty-five now is like looking the yeah, same to I, me I, as I, Bo Nickel, Jaden Cox. I'm excited. It is cool. similar in that sense. Yeah, I think it's very up close and coming that you don't yep. know. Yeah, you just don't know at all what who you're gonna get. Yep. Yeah, both of those would probably be the two. I'm yeah. gonna go number one most exciting match. Bo Nickel, Jaden Cox. Number two most exciting match. Quiz Gable Stevenson. Number three most exciting match. Daringer, Dake. Daringer, oh, Dake. Yeah, that, that, Daringer, Dake. Because you just don't know. Yep. I mean, you've seen we've seen more of Daringer yep. in freestyle than we have of, you know, Bo Nickel mm-hmm. or Gable Stevenson, at least yep. getting older now. To Number, where, that's why I put yeah, it three. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. So these uh, Final X, June 15th, it's in Lincoln, and I believe the week before, June 8th, is Rutgers. I'm trying to convince these guys to uh, splurge on a VIP pass. <laughs> yeah, hundred dollars. Okay, so of course I we need well, you know our ten followers that are that are listening yes. right now. Chris, <laughs> Chris, can I go? What we need you to do <laughs> is to uh, maybe vote in the comments about what level we should um, purchase the tickets. Either up top in the nosebleed section for forty five dollars. Uh, we could either we could there, splurge for sixty five dollar tickets where we're a little bit lower, or we could literally be mat side like. You know, there like are, mopping up Jordan Burroughs' first sweat, of all, you know, on the mat for $100. There's no such thing as a nosebleed in Bob Devaney Sports Center. There is. There is. The, I, there's not a bad seat in the house. Secondly, um, oh, just got a text. Mom said you have permission to go, Dad, so that's yes. good. <laughs> I said, um, VIP, Chris. So, Chris, let's let Chris decide. Uh, VIP. Yeah, so $100. that's, that's good. So Dad will be there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, like, I, if we go... Matt side, I'm wearing like a suit, pretending I'm like a big. Well, here's what up. I'm thinking. Like big <laughs> shot, you know? Can we? Yeah. You know, we're gonna do a pre, we're gonna, so we will be doing a pre final X podcast. So we're we're gonna be rolling, you know, right into it. So maybe we will need those VIP seats. I think we will. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. You might have committed. Just me. All right, Javale Delagna should get us seats. Yeah, maybe, maybe we just go live there. Yeah, little well. little mics, get some batteries going. Is that legal? <laughs> you can do it. You can do it on your phone or something. We'll figure it out. Not a bad, not a hey, bad idea. I wanna, well, I wanna just take a, I wanna hey, take a Chris second before VIP we end this here. Yep. Suit, no and yellow hair. <laughs> it's not yellow. Yes, it is. That's it, yeah. It's looking a little yellow right now. Um, hey, Keenan on the. I just want to say, great job to Keenan on the setup of this podcast. I was expecting. Thank he's you. like, he's like telling, saying this podcast thing's gonna happen, and I, I was expecting Walmart style podcasting. 
you know, real cheap mics and just real bad you, setup. What do you have against Walmart? Yeah. Uh, well, considering <laughs> to fix your male pattern baldness, you went to Walmart and got a like the the generic kind of hair loss treatment. Walmart has great hair loss no, treatment. No. And no. I think so I, I expected this to be the same, and uh, I'm very impressed. He's, hey. got, he's got some lights going up here. He's got, uh, I don't know, what looks like a DJ thing. I don't know, yeah. some sort of audio. A little DJ thing. Yeah. It's so, good. no, good. we're, we're doing it impressed. all right. We're, we're doing it all right. We're gonna, this is going to be a uh, main staple, so tell your friends about it. Uh, Rick Rass and Dad and his boys. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of uh, philosophical questions, psychological questions re- revolving around the sport of wrestling. Um, and we're going to talk about wrestling current events. We're going to have fun. We also need to get uh, Old Dogger a Instagram so that we can link that down below and he can get some followers. Should we, we'll link his. We'll link his. Yeah, we'll, we'll, hey, we'll link. Uh, we'll, we'll link his stuff. So link my gram. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, hey, we'll link the gram. <laughs> Don't link my gram. We're gonna link the gram. <laughs> Is it gram cracker? We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna link his gram. <laughs> we're gonna link the gram. All right. With that, any final words, gentlemen? Final X. All right. Final X. We're gonna get Jack for it.